I love the fact that during prayer, there's a moment of self-reflection, right? Because I also believe that's what Christmas starts with. The Advent season, the Christmas season starts with this moment of self-reflection. And I think it even starts with a pivotal question. Are you stable? Right? Now, if I asked you whether or not you felt like you were stable, some of your hands might shoot up. Some of your hands might go straight into your pockets and you might be upset that I'm even asking you. Because our stability so often is tied to what's going on in the moment. Our circumstances, the people around us, our jobs. And so if I ask you the question, are you stable? Your answer might be, it depends when you're asking. And so when we jump into scripture today and we're jumping about the Advent season, we're jumping about the start of what's going on. We're looking at this idea of stability. And really focusing in on really what is it like to be unstable? Am I unstable? Right? I'll raise my hand to that. I am. I absolutely am. And so we are actually going to look at King Herod. To me was, on one level, this, this character that honestly isn't mentioned as much as you would think for this specific uh, person, Herod. Granted, his, his lineage goes on throughout, throughout the Bible. But we're talking about King Herod for when he was uh, around for Jesus' birth. You only really have a few lines of scripture related to him. And so we're looking at Matthew 2, 1 through 19. And uh, we'll, do, we'll just dive in because there's a lot to, to go through. Uh, starting at verse 2, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi came from the east, from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all of Jerusalem with him. Let's just start there with the idea he was disturbed. Right? He, he was freaking out. He was confused. But when you realize why he was confused... It wasn't the fact that someone brought him news. It was for the fact that someone challenged his position. That someone was presenting information that changed the fabric of how he even thought about himself. So he, previous to this, King Herod was something of a political survivor. Right? So... Uh, who here knows the story of Antony and Cleopatra? Herod was there, right? Uh, when Octavian was going back and forth with these people, King Herod was the one who was saying, oh, I'll side with you guys. Oh, that's not going well? I guess I'll side over here. 
He was willing to play the field if that meant feeling supported, feeling secure, right? We understand those feelings on a, on a base level. But he was willing to do anything to protect that. Whether that meant navigating or betraying others. So this is the person who was fully aware of all political situations, right? He made that part of who he was. And so the idea that three people would knock on his door and say like, listen, there's a new king. He'd freak out. There's like, there's no way. I have all of these people out there to tell me in the event something that is not in my favor is going to happen. I would know. You telling me this is warping my reality. It's actually challenging who I believe I am. And not only that, the title of king of the Jews was something that was he had bestowed upon himself, but it was also bestowed by the Roman Empire as well. Right? That's like if the president came down and just told you, like, listen, you're in charge of Castleberry. At a certain point, you might be shocked, but that's a lot of authority to just tell you that you're in charge of something. It becomes part of who you are. You can't divorce the two. And so when someone comes in to challenge that, it's scary. And so he falls into this trap of instability. He becomes unstable because he ties his status, his title, to his self-worth. And that's the start. Uh, a, a year ago, I could very much relate. I was just going through transitioning out of a new job or, or an old job that I had been there for a long time. And I started asking myself certain questions like, who, I'm, who am I? After I leave this, if I'm not a coach to a bunch of these kids, if I'm not a director of a program, if I'm not uh, part of this thing, what is left? And so I know a lot of us have been there, but it's not always just your job, right? When, when you have kids and your kids start to grow up and they leave the house, what are you if they're not in the home? What are you that, that day you're fired or you're let go? What are you the, the moment that your parents pass away and you're not someone's son or daughter anymore? We ascribe different titles to ourselves all the time. Different statuses, different positions. And they change constantly. And so when our focus becomes to maintain that, that that is who we are no matter what, we struggle to keep up with the change. We get lost in it. And we slowly go down this rabbit hole. And it snowballs. 
more and more and more. It's a hard truth that unstable people tie their value, their title to their value. And as we go through this and we keep going through the passage, you might realize some of these truths speak to you more than you thought. They speak to me. Uh, Going on in verse four, when he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers in the law, and he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. Right? Remember again, Herod shouldn't be asking people information. So this is new territory for him to even be bringing people in to figure this out. He should already know. Verse six, but you Bethlehem in the land of Judah are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. Sorry about that. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called to the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. Hard truth number two. Unstable people try to control and manipulate things they can't control. In, in this moment, Herod had pulled them in secretly. Spoiler alert, he wasn't trying to go find him to worship. That was a lie. But it was something that he said because he wanted his outcome. Remember that we're starting from a place of insecurity. We're starting from a place where someone felt like their position, their status, their title was being challenged. And from that little voice that says, hey, what are you without this? You slowly justify next step of, okay, but I need to be in control. I need to be able to manipulate. I need to present myself as strong or capable. Even in this, he doesn't say flat out what his intentions are. He says, so that I too may go and worship. Why? Because he knew he couldn't flat out just go out and say that right off the bat. He knew that. Instead, it was a, hey, we're in this together. I'll figure out things in the background. Just go do what I need you to do. We see this a lot of time in office dynamics, work dynamics, family dynamics, right? We want to foster and keep up these appearances. Stemming from that voice that says, hey, you have to maintain your title. You have to maintain, maintain who people think you are. It becomes your main priority. More than anything else, it's a, all right, 
I'm going to say yes to everything because I need people to like me. I do that more often than I care to admit, and my wife will admit that as well, that I, I continually say yes, 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 right? But for other people, it is more of a, well, I'm only going to speak a certain way in front of certain people. Or I, I had a buddy of mine who legitimately would get all of the sports updates. So he could talk about sports more at work. He didn't care about sports. Or if he did, not the ones they were talking about. But it was more about keeping up appearances. It was a step forward in manipulation. It was taking a step to control people. And ultimately control the things we can't control. All because of a voice that said, what are you without your title? Right? It's, it's a scary thing. The steps and things will justify once we start listening to that voice and how shaky our foundation gets. We get more and more unstable as it goes on. And it's not something we ever intentionally plan to do. We, we've all been there or in situations where we say, hey, you know what? I, I can say this small little white lie, it's okay. It'll keep the peace. Right? We justify it because we think in our minds there is a greater good that we must achieve. It never gets you what you want. It hurts the people around you. If anything, you're looking around and you feel like you're sinking. You're sinking because you feel this level of being an imposter even to yourself. To those around you, the ones you care about, to those you love, your community. And then you have to maintain it. In every conversation, every interaction. It's terrifying. And you start to feel like you're drowning. And Herod, in this moment, I think he's starting to feel like he's drowning. You see, people had just showed up and told him that, hey, who you are, who you've been told, this authority that's been given to you, everything in his mind he suffered for, right? He has all this history of navigating and doing what he has to do to be in the position where he's in. He believes it's owed to him. He has suffered enough. We do that sometimes too. We've experienced so much pain or heartache or so much personal experience that when we get to a certain place where we feel stable, that it's owed to us. That we deserve it. And that if it changes, well, that can't be the plan. Look at everything I went through to get here. It, because it stopped being about learning about what God was telling you through the journey. It became about what you were receiving. 
And Herod couldn't get past that. It was about what he received and that it was his. And no one else could change that. It was who he was. And so now he's controlling and reaching out and doing all of those things. Unstable people try controlling the uncontrollable. They manipulate people. In verse 13, when they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child and kill him. It's crazy how your intentions get out there, even when you don't mean it. So in in this moment of even trying to control things, it wasn't working. If anything, it made it harder. From his perspective, it was getting worse. And as we read through that, it's crazy how the Lord intervenes when we least expect it. And, And God was already working out a plan of protection. So Joseph got up, took the child and his mother during the night and left for Egypt, where he stayed until the death of Herod. And so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet. Think about that. He was so wrapped up and unstable and at this point getting frustrated. Picture just not achieving that for the rest of your life. They were, they were out of reach until he died. That's mind-boggling to me. Picture just being so overwhelmed and caught up in your emotions. You, you can't separate it because you think you deserve something so much. You're willing to chase that until death. And it never comes true. For, for a lot of us, as we start thinking about Christmas and we gear up for the holidays and we think about our relationships, there are things that we want to hold on to. Things that we think we deserve, things that we think that we can kind of make happen for ourselves by having the right conversations with the right people. And we want to keep that up no matter what the cost is. And we justify it to ourselves because we say, eventually, I'll get there. But if you don't, what is your life? What do you have left? Do you just have a pursuit of nothing? That was one of the harder things for me to figure out. I I was, at least in my life, when I was transitioning out of of my last job, I was looking at it, trying to figure out, man, all right, this is where I am. Now what? Is my life going to be just trying to chase this exact same type of job again? 
in the meantime, when people ask me, hey, how you doing? Is it worth a whole bunch of white lies? Yeah, I'm good. When people try to ask whether or not they want to help me or anything like that, do I start to cover up for my insecurities about my resume and education and all this stuff by, no, it's fine, don't worry about it. I got this or they, I got that. Is it worth the impact on my family, on my wife, on my friends, on my community? To get to what I thought I needed. Ultimately, we're, we're talking about a desire to be stable, yet every decision we're making is running against that. Why? So uh, we keep going on, and after the escape from, from Egypt and everything like that, think about this at the very, very end. When Herod realized that he had been outwitted, he was furious, and he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and in, in its vicinity, who were two years old and under in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi, right? So he had received this information that he had manipulated out of these people and got to the point where he was willing to decree death from a desire to control. Now, I don't know if a lot of us would say like, well, my decisions don't cause death. They do. It's just not all the time physical. Right? When we're listening to that voice and it starts there and it starts to get bigger and then you're in manipulation and control. Well, now you're starting to break trust with all those around you. And, and to me, when, when you start breaking trust, you're killing a relationship. You're killing countless relationships. People can't depend on you. Think about it. If I had to ask you, do you want to be in a relationship with an unstable person? I doubt many of you guys would jump up to say yes. You might ask, what are the parameters? How am I supposed to interact with this person? Do I just take them in doses or do I come back out after a while, right? As much as we want to say that we can handle everything, we do this all the time. You have Thanksgiving dinner. We all have that one relative that we do sparingly. We love them, but we can't handle all of it. And part of that is because of the instability that exists there. We don't willingly jump into that. Doesn't mean that it's right, but it's what we do. We put up barriers with those people. And it's a lot that they have to work through as well. It's a lot that I have to work through as well. <laughs> 
when you're unstable, it makes relationships difficult. And relationships are so vital and necessary. They're, they're so significant and important to the gospel and how Jesus works. That the moment we become unstable and we start killing the relationships around us, we are starting to put a block in between what we can actually pass on through the Holy Spirit in Christ. When, when we were praying earlier about what we have to take out of our way, that's a serious prayer. There is so much we have to remove. And a lot of it starts with that little voice just telling you, who are you? What will you be if things change? If they get shaken up? Are you ready for that? Are you at peace with that? Do you know who you are? And some of us might say, well, I believe I know who I am. But at what cost? What are you willing to sacrifice and give up for it? Herod at this point got to the point where he started with an insecurity and it took him to a decision that caused death for others. I want us to really think about that idea for a second in ourselves. Of where you can start and where you can finish if you let it continue. A lot of times we, we think to ourselves, hey man, I can flip the switch. Or I recognize that this is wrong, I can stop it. Or next week or next year. Or I'm just making this bad decision because it's for the greater good and I've justified it. Do you recognize the pain that it can cause? And that it's not only a personal decision, but now you've created an unstable environment for those around you. The, the crazy thing about Herod is this is a moment of pride and fear that creates chaos in a region. You guys all have a region in your lives. It could be your family, it can be your workplace, it can be your community. You have one. You have a circle of influence. And so when you let it start to spiral out of control and you start making decisions based off of that, that instability is now rippling out and impacting others around you. And you got to live with that too. And that's really, really hard. Especially if you're believing that you have to do that by yourself. So I ask you guys again, are you unstable?
right? Or better yet, are you Herod? Do you have this idea of what your title and position should be? Have you justified your past and said, hey, this is owed to me, I need to keep it? Have you started taking steps where you're just like, ah, yeah, I can control this a little bit more. Let me just say this in this way. Or justifying things for the greater good, even though you know it's the wrong decision to make. Have your decisions started rippling out into your family, your friends, your work, your community, even in the smallest of ways? Has it started killing relationships? If you answered yes to any of those, guess what? (laughs) You're a little bit unstable. And the reason why we have to look at that first before going into the Advent season is because without the instability, there is no need for Christ. We have to recognize that in ourselves. Right? We, we have this idea with the Bible that we want to associate ourselves with the heroes. Everyone wants to be David. No one wants to be Goliath. Funny story, when I was a kid in, in children's church, guess who had to play Goliath because he was already six foot? It was me. <laughs> but we do this all the time. We associate ourselves with the Hebrews, but not the Egyptians. And now here, even in Advent, I'm saying take a step back. We all have characteristics of Herod. And that's necessary for Christ to work when we recognize that. There is no reason for Christmas if you're stable. But it's because the fact that we don't have it all put together because we're clinging to all these things that fluctuate, honestly, daily. That Christ is so necessary in our lives. So how do you fight those three truths? How do you fight those things that force you to be unstable? How do you fight that voice? Well, it's with a protector in heaven. First, you have to remember who Christ says you are. That's how you fight the voice. If you are worried about your title, if you are worried about your status, if you are worried how you might be perceived, know who God calls you to be. It doesn't mean that you're in a perfect situation, but you know who you are in that situation. And that's a very different thing. The the hardest thing I had to recognize for myself was that God was calling me to be a citizen of heaven regardless of where I was. And that didn't matter the job. That didn't matter the family dynamics. That didn't matter where I was. It could have been here. I could have moved to the other side of the world. It didn't matter. 
It's the same calling. Your title is not your purpose. Your purpose is what gives you life. Your title might just be something you do during a season in your life. And that might change four, five, six, eight, 12 times. But your purpose is the same. Secondly, you have to remember who you surrender to. Right? That, that's how you combat the second one. If you, if you have a desire to manipulate, remember that you can't control. And by manipulation, for a split second, you're saying you're God. That was a trap that I would fall into with its desire to present myself a certain way. I needed to control how you thought, how people thought, without even thinking about the expense. That's not my job. I don't have to control people. I need to surrender. Surrender my weaknesses. <laughs> Tell people when I'm struggling. Be honest about that. Surrender that to God so they have the opportunity to even pray for me. You'd be surprised what will happen when you're met with grace. It'll change you. But if you're caught up in still manipulating, you never get that opportunity. If you're caught up in that control, it becomes about what's in your hand versus what's in his. You deserve the opportunity for grace. Don't steal it from yourself because of a lie you're believing in your head. And the third thing is simple. Remember the power you have in the room. Do y'all believe that the Holy Spirit dwells in you? You can't change every situation you're presented with. You can't. But you can control the decisions you make while you're in those situations. And that's how it starts to change is with a decision. What you decide to do, what you decide to say, starts with being in lockstep with God. It doesn't mean that it's easier, but it makes it clear for what you have to do. Hey, it's always funny because when you're with kids and you, you work with kids, uh, it's funny how quickly they know right from wrong. And I, I always have this joke that I don't have to tell you what the right thing to do and the wrong thing to do. You know it. Things get muddy sometimes as we become adults and we start doing this justification of what's allowed and what's not. But that's why the lockstep with Christ part is important. All decisions made in lockstep with God is the right decision, period. It's the right decision. If you are concerned about the decision to make, I promise you there's a verse for that. We can work through it. 
but you have to be willing to take your decisions to God. Otherwise, you're left in environments where you're overwhelmed, you don't know what to do, and you're leaving it up to yourself, and we're flawed. We're flawed because we'll go back to that voice. And then our decisions be about maintaining. And that's not always the right one. We're, we're about to go into a full series on stability and ending with Christmas. And I thought it was so important that we started with the idea on whether or not we are actually stable. I don't want it to be lost on us that we're not. If we go into Christmas with the idea that we are okay, and we can just throw the holiday away. It demeans Christ's death. It makes his birth just a cute nativity set. But when we recognize the instability we actually have in our lives, the fact that we get tied to these things and we can't let go, at the cost of not only the instability in our own hearts, but we're willing to let that ripple on all over the place. And then we justify that. This season is an opportunity to answer that voice. It's an opportunity to sit down and say, God, I surrender. I don't want to be unstable anymore. I need a rock. I need a foundation. I need a truth to cling to. Because life gets absolutely crazy. But I need you more because you have shown me that you're willing to hold me through it all. In a second, we're, we're about to pray. And the band will come back up and, and we'll worship one last time. But in that moment of prayer, make it a prayer of surrender. Don't let it be about anything else. Let's just start there. We can figure out the other stuff and down the road, but it has to start from right inside.